rebound. Kara scored twice in this building two years ago. Hasn't been his best night tonight. Gave it back to Russell. Clip bump set. Turns out to be the game winner tonight. The Oilers rally with three goals in the third period to upend the slumping Montreal Canadiens 4-2. Montreal had a 2-0 lead early in the second period. Shane got one back. Big turning point in this game. 148 to go in the second. Nate Thompson, a breakaway, had Mike Smith completely beat, and he hit the goalpost with his backhand. And then the Oilers, after being outplayed through 40 minutes, were clearly the better team in the third. Nuge on the power play early that goal by chase on halfway through the period and josh archibald into the empty net as all of a sudden the oilers can't miss the empty net after only getting one in the entire first half of the season 4-2 edmonton takes it they are 4-0-1 in their last five they're 3-0-1 with a game to go on their five game road trip for the season now 24 17 and 5 mike smith 35 saves this evening his save percentage on this road trip is 926 as for Montreal, 0-7-1 in their last eight, and they are watching that playoff cut line get further and further away. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. It's one minute before 8 o'clock. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Is it too simple to say one good period got the Oilers a win tonight? No, no. I, well, it, it, no. I think they, they had one good period they played. Their goaltender played three good periods. I thought Mike Smith was excellent. To me, and, and you and I talked about it right after it happened, and you just referenced it a few seconds ago. The game changed when Nate Thompson missed a wide-open net on a breakaway. The Montreal Canadiens are a team right now that have struggled. Uh, they lack confidence. Uh, they they are in the midst of this long losing streak. They needed something good to happen. They have a good start to the game. They're winning 2-0. They give up the goal. It's 2-1. Now they have a chance to extend it. Nate Thompson breaks in, makes a, a beautiful move. He has Mike Smith at his mercy. He has the entire empty net to put the puck into and, and hits the post. And at that point, you and I looked at each other and I said, that's the, the Oilers' night. They're going to win this hockey game. And from the, what we saw through the first 40 minutes from the Montreal Canadiens to what we saw in the third, and we talked about it at the end of the second, that the Montreal Canadiens right now are going to hope that this game ends quick. They're going to hope that the clock goes fast. And we saw it right in the first shift of the third period. Uh, they looked confused. Uh, they, they, their passes were off. They were missing assignments. They couldn't get pucks out. And again, it was a team that right now doesn't know how to win hockey games. And the Edmonton Oilers, on the other hand, are a team feeling confident. And they were confident coming into the third period, only down one goal in a game that they had not played well in. And they got that power play. And we've seen this time and time again. The, the way for success for the Oilers, good goaltending, big power play goal, sets them on the t- track to a winning game. And tonight they won it again. 4-2, the Oilers take it. Mike Smith tonight, 35 saves. On this four-game road trip, he has faced 135 shots. He has stopped 125. That's a 926 save percentage. His record for the season, he bumps that up to 10-9-3. And And quite a turnaround for Smith because we spent a lot of December talking about his poor play, 
wondering, okay, at, at age 37, as good a shape as he's in, is this the end of the line? Has the, you know, the speed of the game just gone by him a little bit here? Well, I mean, he hasn't had a bad start, even in Toronto. I mean, sure, he gave up four, but he hasn't given up a bad goal. He's made some good saves. He's made good saves at key times. Yes, as you referenced, he got a break on the goalpost, mm-hmm. but he'd still had a good, he'd had a good period. So uh, now we're talking about the goaltending a little differently than we were even three weeks ago. Well, three weeks ago, two people believed in Mike Smith. One was Mike Smith, and we heard him talk, and the other was Dave Tippett. And Dave Tippett has, has seen Mike time and time again. So when the Oilers ran into a little bit of a, a flu bug with Koskinen, Dave Tippett had no problem putting Mike Smith in. And Mike Smith at that point realized, okay, i got to get things going in the right direction. He came out, had a really good start. Could they Do they go back with Koskinen? Nope. Dave Tippett says, I'm going to give him a second start. And then, well, off his play, I'm going to give him a third, now a fourth. So Dave Tippett believed him. And, and, and the confidence the coach showed in Mike Smith was parlayed into strong goaltending effort. He was excellent. And he certainly outplayed Carey Price in this game to a large degree and gave them the saves that they needed. And that's the one thing that he wasn't doing in December. Wasn't letting in a lot of bad goals, but he never came up with the big, the big save. Tonight, he came up with four or five saves that the Canadians could have scored to extend the lead. He kept the game within reach for the Oilers, and that allowed the Oilers to come through and get two points. So uh, Mike Smith has given the Edmonton Oilers the starts that they needed and certainly given the coaching staff now the confidence that they feel they can put either goalie in again. Yeah, and a, a really kind of game-lacking energy mm-hmm. by by the Oilers, especially overall. You could tell right out of the gate they weren't sharp. Uh, they took an early penalty, though they did pull it off. And we discussed after the second period that they were never building anything. They mm. might one line might have a good shift, and then the, the, there was nothing. I actually thought Drysdale and Yama, Yamamoto and Nugent Hopkins had some good moments. Um, the Shane Archibald, the Nygaard line had some good moments. Mm-hmm. Got a goal, and we'll talk more about them in a minute. There wasn't a lot of sustained pressure until the third period, and really, either, even from a line with McDavid on it. I mean, his biggest play was was probably drawing the penalty in the third period that, that led to the goal, the, the tying goal from Nugent Hopkins. Well, the the good thing about the Oilers game tonight is Connor McDavid was quiet. As good as he was in Toronto, that's how quiet he was tonight. And the Oilers were still able to find a way to get it done. Their third and fourth lines came up with big goals. I got three, three of their four goals came from guys on the, the third and fourth line. Uh, so that is something that wasn't happening earlier in the season. That, and, and what that does going forward, and we saw it tonight, where Dave Tippett is not having to overplay his star players. He's not having to have... So McDavid tonight plays 19 minutes in a close hockey game. Leon Dreisaitl plays just 20 minutes in a close hockey game. Close hockey games early in the season, those two are playing 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. So now we, we saw Kara out late in the game, Archibald out there in the last minute, Shea out there. Shea Saw scores the, the game-winning goal in the third period. So Dave Tibbetts able to use his other players, able to use his whole bench because he feels confident and has trust now that when he put those players out on the ice, it's not just going to be dead air. He's going to be able to get something in a positive way from them. It's been interesting to watch the the two European players. In the summer, the Oilers signed Gaetan Haas and they signed Joachim Nygaard. Haas had a stint in the minors. I mean, look, these are both depth players. Mm-hmm. We've got to be, be real, realistic. I think Haas has figured some things out. 
Nygaard, you're starting to notice him a little more uh, with his speed, and he's getting more tenacious on the puck. And, uh, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Nygaard forward as the fourth star tonight for West Point of Windermere, a private estate lot only community just off Terwilliger Drive. Visit WhiteEagleHomes.ca. You know, again, we say, well, he didn't score. Okay, that's a negative. But did you notice him? I I, I felt I noticed Nygaard tonight. Didn't play a ton, but got some shifts with McDavid as the game went on. He, I, I thought he was very good, uh, tenacious. Uh, the one thing that he has is, is world-class speed. Obviously, when you beat Connor McDavid in the skills contest, you, he must be pretty fast. But now he's using it in, in a positive way in the forechecking role. Like, it's one thing to have world-class speed that, okay, if, if he gets a, a break, he's going to be able to extend it and turn it into a breakaway and get a scoring chance. But those are few and far between because teams play very well. They don't usually give up a lot of breakaway-type uh, moments. But you can disrupt the other team's uh, play trying to break out. And we saw that time and time again by Nygaard tonight. He was very good at getting in on the forecheck, very good at keeping plays alive offensively, created a couple scoring chances. Uh, the goal that Shea scored was a nice play by Nygaard coming off the boards and getting into an open area. He's the one that created the forecheck. So uh, this, to me, was probably Nygaard's best game of the season. And, again, it, it bodes well for the Oilers that they're uh, supplementary scores are, are contributing offensively. They're not just out there uh, filling time until Connor and Leon get out. They were good tonight, so he was good. And as you say, the four-star was Nygaard. Honorable mention that goes to Oscar Clefbaum tonight. He, he's a guy that he and Leon took a lot of heat for the number of minuses they have had and accumulated over that little tough stretch. Oscar tonight had an assist, plus three. 26 minutes. When the Oilers, they, they go down to five defensemen very quickly now that Jones is in there instead of Benning. Oscar Clefbaum is the one that eats up a lot of those minutes. I thought he was excellent tonight. Yeah, good game for him. And Nygaard did get an assist. I think he said he, I said he didn't get a point, but he did get an assist on the Riley Shane goal as the Oilers beat Montreal 4-2. Okay, you can reach us by calling or texting 780-496-0063. Remember, it's now the same number to do both. But first, let's head back to Montreal. The winning goaltender tonight, Mike Smith. I feel, feel good in there. And, and taking advantage of some you know some good good team hockey too and and uh you know my game feels like it's back to where you know it should be and it can be so obviously a good feeling to, to help the team win and and uh, another big one tonight tip had said there was a lot of communication with you when Koskinen was playing more what did, what did they what did they tell you like no it was just about sticking with it make sure I'm, I'm, I'm prepared for my next start really and and that's all you can do in a situation like that Miko was playing real solid for us and giving us good minutes and um, you know I knew there's it's a long season still so you're just ready for an opportunity to play and and uh, you know the team's been playing a lot better too so that helps obviously the goaltending situation out but it feels good to be in there and be helping the team win kind of not allowing that that next goal it might have been a little too difficult a hill to climb maybe not but uh, you kind of kept it close yeah I think for the first two periods we didn't play our best hockey and I felt like you know obviously keeping that two when they got the second one there was was an important you know an important thing for a team just to, I knew if we could come back and and get get our legs going and, and play up to our capabilities we'd have a chance to come back in that game and that's what ended up happening we had a, we had a great third period obviously the power play gets a good one for us and and then we uh, pushed the game along and, and find a way to win but yeah it's a in a game like that you just want to keep it as close as you can and and uh, fortunately we're able to, to come back in that one all right Mike Smith big game again tonight for the Edmonton Oilers 35 saves and a 4-2 come from behind win over the Montreal Canadiens 
Canadians. A text to 63630 from Courtney who says, hey guys, Canadians fan living here in Edmonton, pretty much throwing in the towel on this season for the Canadians. Not a fan of the Kovalchuk signing. Thought he did nothing tonight except take a shot that wasted a three-on-one. That's a text from Courtney. Well, the shot on the three-on-one, that wasn't his fault. That was the, the play that was set up. I, I, they had, the, the Canadians had a, a three-on-one with time. Like, Max Domi came in late, and he actually was almost standing still when he got the puck at the top because they had so much time to make the play. Uh, and where Kovalchuk put himself in a horrible angle, way down low, that it was, of all the options of where they could have put the puck to set up the scoring play, that would probably have been the worst. Uh, the signing was necessary for the number of injuries that the Montreal Canadiens have right now. It was a cheap signing. It's an easy signing. If it doesn't work out, you can just send them the minors, or I'm sure you said on the minors, he's just going to quit and go back to Russia. Anyway, so you won't have to pay him. But the, the Montreal Canadiens, they're a team that's struggling, looking for depth players, looking for guys that can step in. Unfortunately, and I agree with Courtney, I think the season is done. For the Montreal Canadiens, I think they've just, I think they're nine points, I think, out of a playoff spot right now with a number of teams between them and where they want to be. Uh, it's unfortunate. I like seeing Canadian teams in the playoffs at playoff time. I don't think the Montreal Canadiens will be there this year. Yeah, and and you get, I mean, there's still almost half the season left, but they're they're kind of living the, the life the Oilers were living last year. You might be around 500. You might get up to 500 for a game or two, but that's, I mean, really, you got to play 550, 560 hockey. So you got to get 11 or 12 out of every 20 points uh, uh, available. So that's a tough thing for the Canadians. You win four in a row you might pass one team and get one point closer or whatever. Like, that's the that's the plight they're facing now. Well, yeah, a, a four four straight is not what they need. They need to win 16 like of 21. Do what St. Louis did yeah, last that, year. Yeah, that's the only way they're going to... And I don't see them having that kind of team. Uh, I, I think they're a team that's got some nice players. Uh, Gallagher, I thought, was excellent tonight. Uh, but I don't think they're a team that's good enough right now. The, the Eastern Conference, they got some strong teams that are going to miss the playoffs this year. I don't think the Montreal Canadiens are a strong team, and I do think they're going to miss the playoffs. Well, and do you think the, the, the mental frustration is setting in now? I mean, you see a game like tonight where mm-hmm. you don't finish. It's, it's now eight in a row. I mean, they know what's going on. Well, uh, and I'm not it, saying players no, give up, but it it affects you. Well, it, well, to me, all you have to do is look at their third period. For for the through through the first 40 minutes, they were by far the better hockey club. Uh, they should have been up four one, five one easily through through two periods. They had two one, and all of a sudden, they're just hoping to win. They're hoping the clock goes fast. They're hoping that the Oilers don't bring an A game in the third period because they, they sat back, and you could just see in their play how they tightened up. Uh, the passes that they were making in the first period, where they're making cross-ice passes, stick-to-stick, hitting guys on the fly. In the third period, they couldn't make a five-foot pass. They couldn't get the puck out of their own zone, and that's a team that is uh, pushing that is uh, fearful of, of making the mistake. And while they're fearing making the mistake, they're making two. So uh, I, I, as much as I am a huge Carey Price fan, I don't think he alone can carry that team into the playoffs. So I think, unfortunately, the Montreal Canadiens are going to be on the outside looking in. John writing in, he says, Guys, my biggest complaint about this game is that the hotel lounge here in Costa Mesa, California, didn't have NHL center ice, so I couldn't watch it. Thanks for tuning in. My complaint to you is the fact that you're down in California, <laughs> and I'm about to get into a freezing cold minus 31 well, car right now. now. 
Well, I did. I started it an hour ago. I ran out of gas. <laughs> 4-2, the Oilers win. Whenever they score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Triple A steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. We'll give you the full scoreboard in a few minutes, but I can tell you Calgary and Minnesota 1-1, five and a half minutes into the second period. 780-496-0063. My goodness, it is K-Jam. Get ready for the profound call of the night. Thank you, K-Jam. Go ahead. Um, no pressure here. Thanks, Reed. <laughs> it's good to hear from you. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think that Rob and you nailed it, you know, um, and I, I, I have some insight as to perhaps why. You know, you could see that uh, that this was the Oilers game. Even when we were behind, it was because we've seen this game before a number of times, a lot of times, really, too many times, except the Oilers were the Montreal Canadiens. We've seen this where, you know, you have a, a team that's, you know, better than you come into your building or you go into their building even and uh yeah you put together a couple good periods and you don't have enough to show for it you know you, you maybe have a lead but you don't have enough to show for it and then something happens something deflating something where you know you, you could have maybe made it really difficult for uh even a good team to come back on you but then you know it just it just doesn't go your way it's, it's one of those balances things when even when you're playing well you know, sometimes things don't go your way, your way when you're a good team or when you're not a good team or when you're a struggling team. And then, you know, I, I'm not sure I would have for sure put money on the Oilers, but when, when you're going into the third period under those sorts of circumstances, you know, I mean, when you're the Oilers, you know, you, you've put together two mediocre periods with some good goaltending. And, yeah, you know, you feel like, you know, you feel like you're tied. You don't really feel like you're down one. You know, is, is, would that be a fair assessment? Thanks, K-Jump. Yeah, I think it's a great assessment. I, to me, and, and just through experience, what I've always seen that when a team has a lead and is it dominating a game, if they extend the lead, so if Nate Thompson scores to make it 3-1, to me, that goal, if he scores at 3-1, it probably ends up being a 5-2 Montreal win. But when he doesn't score, now the Oilers on the bench go, oh, it's our night. And I've been in that position where it's like, whew, things are going our way. Or our goalie's on fire tonight. We're only down one going into the third. All right, we're just one bounce away. We're just one power play away. We're just one shot away. And the team that's losing has a better feeling between periods because they can't believe they're still in a game they don't deserve to be in. And the team that is winning is in the dressing room going, what do we have to do? We're all over them. This should be way way more than it is. So for some reason, even though the Oilers are losing, they're feeling better about themselves in the period because they know they haven't played their best yet. And the Montreal Canadiens saying, that's the best we have. And we're only up a goal. And we're just one bounce away from this being a tie game. It always seems to work out that way. And the other, so two keys tonight. Nate Thompson not scoring on the three-on-one. The other key was the goal by Shane. The Montreal Canadiens have a 2-0 lead. Uh, they're dominating the game. And then all of a sudden, the third, fourth line of the Oilers come out. And only you know three, four minutes after Montreal goes up two, they score. It wasn't a McDavid goal. It wasn't a dry settle goal. It was the third, fourth line guys that go out and score a goal to make it 2-1. Then all of a sudden, there's a little more belief on that bench. So two huge moments in the game. One was the goal by Shan, and the other was the Nate Thompson not scoring with an open net. To me, that really pushed the Oilers into the two points they got. Yeah, and I think, and, and by no means are the Oilers there yet. Maybe, you know, you, you hope down the road we're talking about a team that, that will fall in this category, but... 
you know, Rob, the more sports I've watched that I've gone through my life and, and somebody says, you know, what, what's the sign of a great team? It's not the 6-1 wins or the 35-3 wins in football. It's the games, well, we only had 70% of what we should have, but we still won. Mm-hmm. And, and and maybe I think a little little bit of that for the Oilers tonight. Now you take the quality of the opponent into into uh, into effect, but you, you have to, and this was what, you know, was disappointing about that, that stretch in December where it's like, okay, well, you know, the Oilers had a tough schedule, but so do other teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, Boston's had tough times of the schedule, you know. Every, every team has had. Every so the, team so has the it, better yes. teams don't take as much no. damage as the Oilers did, but still good for the Oilers tonight that they, they had enough despite having an off night well, to get the win. Well, to go with what you were just talking about there, so the, the, the Oilers played this game, they played about, you know, 50, 60% of the game, and they got a win. The Montreal Canadiens on the other side played about 60-70% of the game and they got a loss. The Oilers are a better team right now than the Montreal Canadiens. They play 70% or 60% and they can still win a hockey game. The Montreal Canadiens can't. And that's the difference between the Oilers and the Canadiens now because the Oilers are just a little bit better. Their goaltending, just a little bit better. Specialty teams, better. It's top players, better. So that's why they're able to win without their A game. And again, that's starting to put them a little higher in the you know, the rankings of the National Hockey League. Teams that are playoff-type teams can get away with having a bad start or get away from having a bad stretch in a game and find a way to win hockey games. Teams that are on the outside have really good games going and find a way to lose, and that's what happened tonight. Four goals for the Oilers this evening. That means $25, or pardon me, $100 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, courtesy Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They give 25 bucks for every goal the Oilers score throughout the season. We'll get to Brandon on the phone line in a second, but first, let's go back to Montreal, where the Oilers have won 4-2. Alex Chason scored the game winner. You know, Smitty kept us in the game, and... Um... I think that's one thing with our team is, um, you know, you give us a chance on, on the power play, we find a way to capitalize and creates momentum on our game and we go out and score a couple goals in the third and we get two points. So um, that's what good teams do. Uh, find a way to win when you're not your best and um, that's a key two points for us tonight. So you played on good teams, like especially in Washington, that could do this, that sometimes didn't play great but usually came out with two points, right? This is new here. You know, this hasn't been going on here for a long time. Do you sense something different? Um, I mean, I think it's it's kind of a the, the one thing we, we're, we're trying to key on here as players is try to keep building our game. There are nights where you're not going to get your best, but that doesn't mean that you're just going to go out and, excuse me, my expression, but the bed, you know? you got to go out and you got to figure out a way to, to get points. So, um you know, that's, that's what good teams do. Uh, to, to answer your question, Mark, I think is, okay, like, not have our best. Let's find a way to get a chance to get back in the game and create opportunities. Or uh, So power play got us that, and goaltending was, was great, and the team's growing. Alex, I know you probably answered this, but uh, just the significance of scoring at, at the Bell Centre here tonight. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, I grew up... Uh, Big, you know, I was a Habs fan. Um, you know, my my mom and dad used to bring my sister and I to the game here, and it's always special coming in the building. So, uh, I've had better opportunities to, to score uh, other than this one, but um, 
I'll take this one. It's, I'll remember this one for, for a long time. Chase on scores for the second straight game, now up to six on the season as the Oilers win 4-2 in Montreal. 780-496-0063. We have Brandon standing by. Hey, Brandon, go ahead, man. Hey, how you guys doing? Pretty good. So I just wanted to get your guys' opinion on Mike Smith. Yeah, I know a lot of people were writing him off. I was guilty of it, too. Um, just wondering what you see that's different in his game. I know he let in four goals against Toronto, but he made the stops when he had to, and he was great again tonight. I'm just wondering what you guys think is different because he looks like a completely different goalie than he did in December. You're, you're absolutely right, I and I can't tell you what it is. Uh, I don't know enough about the goaltending position to tell you if he's changed his angles because he seems to be a guy that's far back in his net. He seems to be situated when he's in the net. The puck comes from the side. He doesn't seem to turn his body the, the way that normal goalies do. He's a very awkward goaltender to watch, uh, but his compete level is there. And though I, Honestly, I don't know why. He's got a 9.25 save percentage this month when he had an 8.50 save percentage last month. But the Oilers certainly happy he's found his game because it gives them two goaltenders that they can play. And they got to the point where they had to start overplaying Koskinen because they couldn't trust Smith in the net in December. And now Smith has come out in this four straight starts. He's been very, very good. Um, I, I'm, I'm of the thought of uh, don't ask any questions of how he's doing it. Just accept it and hope that he continues to do it. The uh, Mike Smith's play is our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Let's bring Brandon back in for a second. Brandon, are you uh, are, are you or ever you have been a goaltender? No, I'm too scared of a puck for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you probably could skate as a kid. You weren't the little chubby kid that couldn't skate that had to play net, right? <laughs> no, I was. I played a little bit of left wing growing up. I looked like a great Dane on skates, so I kind of stopped. <laughs> I, you know, it's you, you ask a very good question. Smith is interesting to me because it almost seems like the more active he is, the better he plays. Like when he's snatching the puck out of the air with a little bit of flourish and, and roaming a little bit more, even though it scares people, it's almost like when he is doing those things, he's doing a better job at stopping the puck. I'm not sure they're necessarily connected, but that's one little thing I've noticed. I don't know if you've noticed that as well. No, my, my dad said that even though he's not as good, it kind of reminds him of Dominic Hasek's like precise flailing of the nest. Yeah, I played, I played with Dominic in Chicago, and you're absolutely right. Unorthodox. I, Dominic was even more unorthodox than Mike Smith, but he doesn't play the typical play the right angles, let things come into you, don't don't be flailing. He's the exact opposite of what you teach a young goaltender, but it's like the goal, the, the golfer that has the bad swing. If it works, don't fix it. And I think that's what they've had with Mike Smith his whole career. Thanks, Brandon. We'll talk to you again. Thank you. 780-496-0063. We're also looking for someone to finish the play tonight. That's always fun. It is. I bet you they win. Prav says, hey, guys, thoughts on the strong stretch Shane has played and Tippett relying on him for critical face-offs and giving him some ice time with McDavid late in the game. Well, this is what they brought him in for. They brought him in to take big face-offs. They brought him in to play bigger minutes when the team has a lead late in a hockey game. Uh, I think... I mean, I, I've been traded before, signed with a new team, and it 
it's trying to find your place on that team, trying to find uh, a, a comfortable spot where you feel you belong and not rock the boat sometimes takes some players a little longer than others. I think Shane and Archibald did yeoman's work as penalty killers to start the season, but never really found their, their spot as to where they fit in third line, fourth line, what they can do offensively, what winger is going to work best with them. But they seem to have found that over the last month and a bit, and they've been much more consistent with you know chipping in a goal every second game, every third game, and you're starting to notice the more in the offensive end. So, uh, Shayan is exactly what they need uh, going forward. Someone that can take a little bit of pressure off of Leon Drysaddle. Leon Drysaddle's minutes were way up early in the season. Part of it was they needed him to take every single face off. Yeah. And it's you think okay, he takes a face off, he changes. Well, well Shane we, missed some time. Yeah. And so, so when when Leon is out there, and if the face off isn't won or isn't cleared. Now he's stuck in the own, his own zone for 30, 40 seconds, and that adds up to, to big minutes in, in the National Hockey League game. So uh, Shane has been very good, as has Archibald, and they seem to have found some chemistry together, both penalty killing and now more five-on-five. Five. All right, let's check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. In the second period, Calgary's up 2-1 on Minnesota. After two, the Predators lead the Blackhawks 3-1. About five minutes left in the third, St. Louis leading Buffalo 4-1. Halfway through the first, no score, Los Angeles and Vegas, and also no score, Stars and Ducks. Blue Jackets and Sharks have yet to get underway. Now, the Bruins knocked off the Jets 5-4. This is good for the Oilers here. The Lightning shut out the Coyotes 4-0. This one's good for the Oilers as well. The Panthers beat the Canucks 5-2, and uh, the other game finished earlier. The Rangers doubled up on the Devils. 6-3. So, you know, with Vegas still playing, Edmonton 53 points. Arizona and Vegas both have 54. Like I said, Arizona's already lost tonight. Uh, Vancouver re, uh, now is now three back of the Oilers. The Canucks do have two games in hand, but it's now it's three points. Calgary's two behind the Oilers. And as I said, they currently uh, currently have the lead. But things do start to, to stretch out a little bit. So, and that's the thing, Rob. When you're in a playoff spot, and and the Oilers by no means have anything locked down, but when you're ahead of some teams and you win, and then you can watch this Minnesota-Calgary game and say, okay, somebody's not getting two. Mm-hmm. We already got our two. So at the very least, we're going to pull further ahead. Whereas when you're chasing in the standings, you know, if if you if you win, you're like, well, okay, that other team lost, but that other team won, so we're still X number of points behind them. Well, what's big about the two points they got tonight wasn't so much to me, and in this the way I'm looking at it, it's not so much that they're crept a little bit closer to Arizona or to Vegas. To me, it's they put a couple other teams further behind them. Right. And to me, they put Vancouver a little bit further behind uh, if San Jose loses tonight. Teams like that that are starting to get further. And that's because, honestly, I don't care if you win the conference, win the division. If you make the playoffs, you all starting at the same. And game seven is what you're playing for in, in whenever you look at the standings. It, the higher up the you get to host the, the game seven. Honestly, I don't really think it's that important anymore. We've seen so many teams. We've seen a lot of road wins. Road teams went on game seven. And, I mean, 
last year was the Stanley Cup Finals. Was that not in Boston? Game yep. 7, St. Louis wins. I, I prefer, in my career, I preferred starting on the road in a playoff series than all the pressures on the home team to start the series off well. So just getting to the playoffs. So it would be great to win a division. It would be great to, to win a conference title. Those things are cool. And if you're battling for those, that means you're safely in a playoff run. But for me, right now, every time the others get two points, that's putting somebody a little further away from them, someone that's trying to catch them in the standings. So these were a very important two points and has been a very, very good road trip extending their lead in the playoffs right now. All right. Uh, we're going to finish the play with Chris. Kellen, let's get straight to the clue. Chris, you already have up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking. Best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as five ninety eight per day with the promo code JET. Stays out on the perimeter. Dry settle to cleft bomb. Dry settle top of the right circle. Cross ice. McDavid left face off. What timer score? Nugent Hopkins ties the game. Power play goal. Two all. Chris, what period was that in? Uh... To all that would have been, geez, uh, second period, or or could have been a little later in the game, or it was the third period. Yeah, that's I meant. Yes, I, I thought he said that the first I, time. That sounded like yes, yes, what he said. Second period, sorry guys, I'm in the bonus, so there's a bit of a, a gap here with the power <laughs> yeah, just after the second period. Did you have a quick uh, comment or question as well? No, it was a great game. I mean, I'm really happy with the game. And uh, I'm a U of A alumni, so I just want to say uh, my sympathies and empathies out to the people who suffered from that, you know, that plane crash out there so horrible for the U of A, but it was a great hockey game tonight. Kind of lift everybody's spirit a little bit. Yeah, well said, Chris. Stay on the line, okay? Thanks, man. And Chris's name is going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting. That is valued at 1000 bucks. safe adrenaline pumping fund. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. All right, a couple more of your phone calls ahead here. We got uh, a couple people waiting on hold. You'll hear from head coach Dave Tippett. The Oilers come from behind to beat the Montreal Canadiens 4-2. Edmonton 4-0-1 in its last five games. Overtime open line courtesy Heartland Ford. We're back after the news. Is this going to be a comeback victory for the Oilers? Domi tried to center. Deneau kicked it back to him. Kovalchuk, Weber, one-timer, glove save, Mike Smith. Good outing for Mike Smith, 35 stops. That's his save of the game for Jiffy Loop. Be wise, winter rise. The Edmonton Oilers fall behind 2-0, but get a 4-2 win over the Montreal Canadiens. Shane Nugent Hopkins, Chason, and Archibald get the goals this evening. Leon Dreisaitl with two assists. Ryan Nugent Hopkins had one and one for Montreal. Kotkaniemi and Deneau had the goals, but they are now 0-7-1 in their last eight. Let's go back to Montreal. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. His goal, both team-wise and personally. Well, it's great to see him score. He's probably got a lot of family and friends around, you know, so it's a game that uh, we can learn a lot about ourselves through, so some learn a lot about the start and how to uh, have a better start and learned a lot about the third where we started to play and we gave ourselves a chance to win. So, didn't get the, Sorry, you didn't get the start that you wanted, but what does that process of getting coming back into a game where you're kind of flat-footed look like? <laughs> play better. Play harder. <laughs> play harder and execute harder. And when we started doing that, we gave ourselves a chance. Before that, it was... They were, uh, they were a desperate team. They were the quicker team. They were on loose pucks they were executing and we weren't third period we got our feet moving a little bit and we were able to capitalize on a couple our power play came through with a big goal that was a, a big goal to get us even felt like a game we should have been behind and we power play gets it back in the game and then we found a way to win 
with the skill and, and just firepower of this team, was there any doubt down 2-0 that, that the club has what it takes to... <laughs> you can have all the skill and firepower you want, or you don't play well. You're not... You know, we had to play better if we were going to win. So we played better in the third. We gave ourselves a chance. It didn't matter how much skill or firepower you have. How rewarding is it for you to see Mike Smith play this well after his struggles? Uh, you know, really, really happy for him because he did have a tough, uh, tough December and he's come back. But, you know, I've known Mike for a long time. He's a good pro. He prepares. He's, a, he's an unbelievable athlete. And, um, you know, I've seen him get on rolls before and he's a real good player when he's on a roll. And we've kind of ridden him uh, this trip out here and he's played very well. So it's good to see. You changed the makeup of the Shahan line tonight where it seemed like they were maybe one of your better units. What yeah, they were quick. That? They were quick. In fact, I liked them so much I took Archie and put him on another line because it helped that one. So uh, they, they were a good line for us. They, it's funny, they, they played really well against uh, Montreal when we were home too. So it was just um, looking back at that game, they were a good line. So we tried to go back with them again tonight. Archibald and uh, or all three of them, you know, they played real hard. They gave us a little boost. So your experience coaching good teams do you get five or six of these a year where maybe you don't always play well but you play well when you have to no i'd, ra I'd, I'd rather play well all the time but but uh you know i i think we still have a lot to learn as a team and nights like this are uh, you know they're good they're good lessons for us because there's you know the first two periods they you know, we didn't play near to our capabilities, and that's the players recognize that. So that's a good thing. But to give ourselves a chance in the third, that's uh, that's growth also. So you grow from the mistakes you made, and you grow from you know the positive stuff you did. And hopefully, you can put those in the memory bank, and we can use them when we need them uh, down the road. On the other hand, when you start playing well as you did in the third period against a team that is struggling the way they are, can you feel it from the bench that? they get like anxious and that you can feel that turnaround that they get nervous and you can take advantage yeah, of that i don't i don't know if you feel that but you know the situation the team is in you know that that if you if you put some pressure on them when things haven't been going well for a team they uh, uh you know that could put added pressure on them so once once we got ourselves going in the game uh, and got I, i thought that power play goal really did that for us because it's a game that we shouldn't have been Uh, lead or shouldn't have been tied and we were so that does put some pressure on a team that uh, you know has had a tough streak here so uh, I was glad we came out and played well in the third and we we're finding a way to win you know? Dave, uh, someone had mentioned Mike Smith talked to the players between intermissions and gets a reputation of being extremely competitive what value is that sort of personality on a team in a game like this where you maybe didn't play your best but found a way to I, 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 you know, I'm not sure what Schmidty said in there. That's in the dressing room, but Schmidty's a good veteran. You know, I mean, he's uh, he's added real good leadership to our group here. And if he had some things to say, I'm sure they were uh, great words of wisdom for our group. All right, that is Dave Tippett, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, who pull out a 4-2 win over the Canadians tonight, and he pretty much uh, summed it up. Montreal, the better team through two periods. Oilers got uh, got it going in the third and are able to get the victory. So they have won three in a row for the first time since October 12th. That's when they won their fifth in a row off the start of the season. They're 24-17-5 for the year. Colin on line one. Colin, thanks for phoning. Go ahead. Yeah, it was, uh, that was a good game. Nice to see. Uh, kind of got a little soft in the middle there, but when they when they uh, 
came back and you know I was really hoping for another goal at the end of the second because that would have just been you know you know they're going to come back at the third but they turned it on in the third and, and I think they got the result they should have but uh, something I've been noticing the last few games and maybe I'm not reading it right but I'm really noticing that you're getting the 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 D guys are coming up from behind and just they're just getting into plays as like as quick as they can and they're all keying on to the forwards but then all of a sudden here comes another option in the back so you've got bear you've got nurse all of a sudden there they are and here comes a pass it's just given other options for the for the forwards they're not it's not like okay here's our play oh damn it didn't work you know they're they're there and you keep hearing their names on the play-by-play and that's that's to me that's really good it's you know, it's a team game now. It's not so much. Well, we've got we got McDavid, and we got Drysidle, and well, everybody else just watches, sort of thing. Right. And you got that attitude, and they're keying on to Connor and and Leon, and those guys they're responding with a little different strategy too. You're seeing McDavid, you know, kind of pushing guys out, making the pass, and then taking somebody out of the play. Just you know. It's another option. I don't know. Am I reading this right? Thanks, Colin. You're reading it right. I think that in the way the National Hockey League is now, that if you just try to beat a team with your three forwards, you're not going to get a lot of great scoring chances because everyone has a high man in the offensive zone. So when you're coming out as three forwards, they should have three guys back. But where you get your scoring chance is when a defenseman beats his check up the ice. So the fourth guy beats the the one four checker up, and all of a sudden, that's a scoring chance. I mean, do you think back to the years when the Oilers in their heydays with Gretzky, how many times did he come across the blue line, do a little button hook and wait for, for a Paul Coffey or someone jumping in the play because he beat his forward up the ice, and the fourth guy goes in and, and makes the play. So the the Oilers are a better team when guys jump in the play, and that's why nowadays in the NHL, so many teams are looking for the those skill puck moving defensemen guys that are capable of making a pass and then darting into open area to get the return pass and make a play the others are still learning it but an addition of a bear for example huge addition for the others he knows when to jump up he knows what to do when he has the puck on his stick and other defensemen are following yeah some defensemen who can really fly which helps you get back too right yes. after you're, you're joining the rush for sure really good question 780-496-0063 we'll get to cody on line three hey cody go ahead Hey, what's going on, man? Not much. Uh, man, I just want to comment on Mike Smith. Fantastic to see him like turn around, to be honest with you. I mean, December was a little abysmal, so it's nice to see that. And I want to give a uh, big shout-out to Tippett, to be honest with you. Even hearing his like, post-game interviews, I feel like I was a huge fan of McClellan. Just hearing him talk, though, I feel like he represents the Oilers group properly. I don't know how else to explain that, but like he you know, you hear him talk though, he's not he he's definitely a supporter, but the same token though he is uh constructive criticism though. You know what I'm saying? Like he's 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 a quality assessment of what his group is doing at that particular time, right? So he doesn't over embellish, you know, what their capabilities or what their downfalls are. But he's an accurate representation of, of of where they're at, though, even even from period to period, though, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair for sure. Appreciate it, Cody. Thanks a lot for calling. We got to take a quick timeout. Omar and Dave up next on the phones. The Oilers win four two over the Canadians. This is overtime open line for Heartland Ford.
for Adam Larson. He'll wind it along the boards. Nygaard protecting left corner. Drilled to the ice by Flurry. Pops back up. Heads for the net. Rich shot score. Shan. Top right corner in Edmonton's right back in this game. Shan with his 10th career goal against Montreal. All right. That got the comeback started for the Oilers tonight. Cut a Canadian's 2-0 lead to 2-1, and Edmonton would go on to beat the Canadians 4-2 in the third. Nugent Hopkins on the power play, chase on, and then Archibald scored into an empty net. Quick update from Vegas, Los Angeles beating the Golden Knights 4-0 after the first period. We have Dave on line two. Go ahead, Dave. G'day, guys. It's um, me from Sydney, Australia again. How are we? Oh, good to hear from you. Yeah, mate, the reason I'm ringing today is I've been listening uh, the last few shows. I've kind of noticed there's been a few frustrated uh, Oilers fans ringing in, talking about, you know, they're doing this wrong and that that wrong and uh, just about enjoying the season. And I've got to say, I, I've really enjoyed the season so far. You know, look, playoffs, here we come. If we, we don't get there, geez, we've given it a good go. You know, I just, I just wanted to say how much it is, you know, how good it is to actually watch this. It's great. Well, and I, I, I think that's so important, too. I mean, the Oilers are in a playoff spot right now. They're fighting for a division lead. I, I mean, if you can't enjoy this, though, you're not an Oilers fan because it's been a long time since we've seen important games at this point of the season. So absolutely enjoy this right now. Oh, for sure. And then look, look I'm not one of those, uh, you know, Oilers fans that have been around for 10, you know, 12, 13 years with, with, uh, that I've had, you know, the bad times. And look, I've been here for the bad times as well, and I've been watched them go to the playoffs, but... Man, this is uh, it's been exciting, and you know, look, today's game was good. They didn't play that well the, the first two, but um, didn't they finish it off? So, yeah, it was great. Dave, it's been a it's been a tough time in uh, your country. Well, he's gone. He just, oh. We just lost him, but obviously, uh, I mean, we've had a pretty sad couple of days here in Edmonton and really across the country with uh, those lost in the plane crash and it's uh, it's been really bad for for people in Australia as well with the uh, with the fires so glad Dave was able to enjoy the game today as the Oilers win 4-2. Omar calling in as well. Go ahead Omar. Hey, how's it going man? Uh, I have a question with regards to uh, parallels with uh, this year's Oilers team and maybe the 06 team. Do you think uh, Mike Smith can uh, pull a Dwayne Rollison or if uh, they can add somebody like uh, Sergei Samsonov to the team maybe Oilers can have that kind of run in 06 like I know we don't have pronger but we got uh, a couple tough guys on defense and uh, the last playoff we were in uh, we were fighting pretty hard well honestly I don't know if we want to start looking at parallels yet just simply because the Oilers are not in the playoffs right now I do know that if the Oilers hang around in the positioning that they're at right now for another month or so that uh, Ken Holland will be out looking to add someone to their roster to try and help them down the stretch, whether that be uh, a support player or, or someone that they can sneak into their top six. But he will be a buyer at the deadline. So uh, to whether it's Smith or Koskinen that can come up with some uh, magic that the Rollison, uh, that Rollison had when he had his magical run that year in the playoffs, I don't know. Uh, obviously, the Oilers do not have a pronger on the lineup. That would be very nice. But, yeah, I, I think that as we get closer to the deadline and the Oilers are continuing to be in the playoff race, then you will look to add something for your roster going forward. And I think that's what fans here in Edmonton are hoping for, that finally at a playoff, or excuse me, at a trade deadline, the Oilers can be looking to add instead of subtract. Yeah, and I don't know if they'd add a 
uh, like a high caliber player, but if they could add a you know a third line type forward and you know that could maybe help the depth. Somebody somebody else could, who could help penalty killing score a little bit. That's probably what they, they would like to round it out. Well, they'd like. A, I don't know if they're going to get a. They'd like a fifty goal. goal. They'd like yeah, a fifty goal score, but. I think all the other teams will do. You know, you don't want to mortgage your future, but you do want to add depth because a playoff run, the deeper you go, the longer it takes. It could be a two-month experience. You need a lot of players to get through that. You need depth. All right, 4-2 Edmonton wins tonight. Let's go back to Montreal one more time. Here's defenseman Oscar Clefbaum. Confidence, too, too. We don't want to put ourselves in this situation, but obviously the way we came back and worked for it in the, in the third um, was, was huge for us. So uh, we got to learn us a lesson from, from, from this game, obviously from the first two periods, uh, and take uh, take the third, third with us for, for a good confidence boost. Oscar, you guys have seemed to flip the switch ever since New Year's Eve. Uh, what in your guys' game has allowed you guys to turn this thing around? Obviously, it's, it's tough to say we did this and, and now everything is working. Um, Obviously, our work ethic has to be prior. Uh, that has to be our first priority, and, and I think we've been doing a pretty good job so far. Um, just looking at the third period, have really worked hard for it, and we, we got rewarded for it. Um, power play is still working and, and got us an important goal tonight and obviously set us up for, for a good third. So um, I'm happy the way we, we took care of business tonight, and hopefully we learn a lesson too. It was Connor two nights ago in Toronto, and now Alex here in uh, Montreal, a hometown boys getting it done. Hey? Yeah, I guess we have to go to Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> has there been, we're talking about uh, the start of, since the start of the year, has there been more of a focus put on, emphasis put on defense play? Um, yeah, it goes goes with what I said earlier. I think we're, we're a really good team when we put our work ethic first and then our skill take over. Um, we have some of the best players in the world uh, offensively and, and obviously we have some really good potential in this group and, and our work ethic has to be has to be uh, number one and then our skill take over and, and, and then when we're playing our best hockey. All right, just to clarify, I'm pretty sure the reporter was using the word focus in that question and we're having a chuckle but we should point out <laughs> His uh, his English is way better than our French, so we'll uh, we'll yes. leave it at that. Yes, it is. The next opponent for the Edmonton Oilers is the Calgary Flames, who are leading Minnesota 2-1 heading to the third period. We have it on 6:30, Chet, on Saturday, 6:30 for the face-off show. Rob, the game will start at eight, and the last time these two teams met. Uh, might have been the Oilers' worst game of the season. Yeah, so the Oilers want some retribution. Uh, it is fun though, being in mid-January and the Oilers and the Flames are playing in a game that has uh, divisional repercussions. They're both fighting to, to win the, the Pacific Division. Uh, to me, that's exciting. Yeah, I want Calgary to be good because I want the Oilers to be good. I, I want them to play in the playoffs. And the Oilers are going to certainly want to be better than they were the last time these two teams played. Look for the Oilers to try to be physical against Calgary. I don't think Calgary wants a physical game. I think the Oilers should want a physical game. It'll be a lot of fun Saturday night. All right, the final in Montreal, 4-2 for the Oilers. Alex Chason gets the winner. You can get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Thanks to you for calling, texting, and listening. Oilers Hockey is presented by World of Spas. Overtime Open Line is courtesy Heartland Ford. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. 
Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.